BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay, Ben, your 2021 resolution, stop calling me boy. (laughs) Sick of it. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Mm. Damn, this water's good. He loves water, guys. (laughs) We're live. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, December 30th is just moments away. But before we do this, let's thank the Chicago Reader for hosting the Ben Jarofsky show. Can't thank you enough. Chicagoreader.com. Go check it out. Subscribe. If you're a big fan of the Chicago Reader, well, they should. They really could use your help. Donate some money to the Chicago Reader. I mean, if you got some spare money, it's a pandemic. If you got some spare money, donate it to Chicago Reader. Chicagoreader.com. Subscribe. Check it out weekly. Ben's column and so much more. The Chicago Reader. Also, today's show brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Ben, it's our last broadcast Live broadcast of 2020. How you feeling? Wow, man. 2020. I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty good. 2020 is over. Dude, man, what a... Let's just pause. Let's go back in a time capsule. <laughs> January of 20. We didn't even know about a pandemic. We were planning uh, outings to Chinatown. People were coming into our beloved little studio at the Bright One. We were going to have Wait, that big we- Ben Jarofsky show dance party. The dance party where you were going to do the hokey pokey. Yes. And uh, I just remember the um, like so typical that that moment in time, that Kim Fox show that Thursday where so many people were in that studio. You know what I'm saying? All her uh, media handlers were there. Um, yes, I am uh, uh, Betty Boob and I am uh, the Betty media Boob. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. Betty Boob. Yeah. Kim Fox, very important person. I'm going to sit here. Wait, like, why do the media handlers sit in the room? You know what I mean? Like, what? Are you going to interrupt the question? Oh, that's an inappropriate question. It's like a lawyer. You know what I'm saying? It's like a lawyer at a congressional hearing leaning over, uh, the, you know, for help out the witness. Kim Fox doesn't need media handlers. Sorry, D. Oh, I Didn't know. Mean to go in that I route. know how to not get Kim Fox back on the program. <laughs> Talk about her media handlers. <laughs> yeah. You know what, D? I got a funny. F- I wouldn't be surprised if Kim Fox mm, she doesn't need us anymore. <laughs> you know how it goes. Oh, loving this outlook into the new year. <laughs> All right, uh, we do have a song of the day request from Frank. It oh. is Michelle by the Beatles. Oh, my God. One of my favorite Beatles songs. And as Frank will tell you, it's from the Rubber Soul album, perhaps Dennis's favorite Beatle album. It's true. Uh, Michelle, my baby. Ding, ding. It's an acoustic guitar today. I can't speak French. I will love you, Michelle. Ding, ding. <laughs> Happy New Year. The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. Wednesday, December 30th, and live from my apartment. Oh, I got to shut the window. In his attic, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. All right, I shut the window. Today on the program, legendary Chicago journalist, Monroe Anderson. Now your host. Did you shut your window? Yes. Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Cuckoo Wednesday. And here's why. I was on the phone with the aforementioned Monroe Anderson talking about what we're going to talk about when the news broke. That's the smashing glass of the breaking news. They're attempting a coup. Yes, yes. The Republicans, that is, Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri announced he will officially challenge the presidential election come next Tuesday. Good God, it's just around the corner. Various House Republicans have already said they'll challenge it. So that means on Tuesday, 
They'll have a vote on whether to accept the Electoral College results, meaning whether to accept the fact that Joe Biden was elected by the people of the United States of America as their next president by well over 7 million votes. They're going to decide, the Republicans, whether to replace the electors that were going to go for Biden with ones who were going to go for Trump. Folks, if ever we needed any more proof that we should get rid of this electoral college system, this is it. No, 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 they're going to go, Ben, it's too unrealistic. You can't do it. Let's just continue the madness. Anyway, that's why I call it a coup. Presiding over the uh, coup will be Vice President Mike Pence, who will be essentially overseeing an attempt to oust Kamala Harris or place him as vice president. Pence really has no choice in the matter, not that he's complaining, because Donnie Trump wants the coup to occur. And as we've all learned by now, whatever Donnie wants, Donnie gets, at least when it comes to Republicans. Except, of course, when Donnie says he wants to help poor people. Then, not so certain that Donnie will get what he wants. We'll get to that later. But back to the coup. Remember this formula, and you'll need to know everything you have to know about politics in the age of Trump. I said it before, I'll say it again. MAGA controls the Republican Party, and Donnie controls MAGA. That's why I always say, on the local level, Blago is the front runner for the Illinois Republican nomination as governor because he's Donnie's guy. Should he run? Now, I know what Pat Whalen and others are going to say, but Ben, the Constitution won't allow him to run. Oh, Donald Trump still has a couple of weeks to pardon Blago. Well, you know, Pat Whalen's our friend. You can give him a better impression than that. <laughs> no, I'll do by Pat Whalen. What, who? There you go. Who what? That was, good. that was good. Who what? I was getting it wrong, Pat. He always has to correct me. Fan duel superstar Pat Whalen. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah, look for look for Trump to pardon Blago so Blago can run for governor. Uh, the coup on Tuesday will fail, obviously, because the Dems control the House, and it would take two House, both houses, both chambers, uh, to, to officially replace uh, Trump with, excuse me, Biden with Trump. Uh, but I'm sure there will be some Republicans in the Senate who also vote against it. What's up, Mitt Romney? But overall, folks, bad news for 2021. Mag is not going anywhere. So as one year begins and another year ends, or I got that reverse, know this. Trumpism will be here in 2021, and there will be many, many more MAGA showdowns. Speaking of MAGA showdowns, as I said yesterday, Donald Trump finally used some of his immense power for something good with his proposal to raise the allowance from $600 to $2,000. So far, Mitch hasn't passed it in the Senate. Mitch McConnell, that is, the Republican leader of the Senate. Mitch McConnell hasn't passed it in the Senate because the more money the government gives to poor people and working class people and middle class people, the less money there is to give to rich people. And that's the only reason they won't pass it, though they won't say it that clearly. That, for what it's worth, is why billionaires in Illinois, like our very own Kenny G, fought so hard against the fair tax, which would have raised the rates on the highest uh, earners in the state of Illinois. But they fought the fair tax, but they never said a word about all those TIF handouts to wealthy developers and landlords down through the years. It's all about splitting the pie, everybody. How many times do I have to tell you that, Chicago? And you still vote against your interests. Mm, I love pie. <laughs> no shaming the voters, D. No shaming the voters as I head into 2021, although it's really hard not to. <laughs> and yes, I love pie, too. Back to the Senate vote. The headline in today's Tribune reads, and I'm quoting, Trump's 2K checks stall in the Senate. Trump's 2K checks. Wow. For the record, those are Bernie's 2K checks. It was Dems that fought for that 2K. No, 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 not the Dems. I should be more accurate. But the lefties in the Democratic Party, like Bernie Sanders, who fought for it. Trump didn't lift a finger until the very end. And he t- when he lifted a finger to make a tweet, on the golf course. You know, Ben, we, just, we have, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. We haven't heard it in a while, and I know the fans are dying to hear it. Uh, let's hear that Bernie Sanders impression. We haven't heard it in a while. Uh, hold on. Train's going by. Oh, Bernie Sanders oh. on the train. How about that? Well, no, it's, it's Mayor Pete again. Oh, my. You, you got the job. Oh, he's worried about the Senate confirmation. He's worried. So he's got to show him how he knows how to drive a train. Uh, $27. Oh, that's <laughs> all right. $2,000. I love Bernie Sanders. Okay. 
Guy's still fighting. I don't want to hear any centrist come around on my show and go, Ben, what bills has Bernie passed? If it wasn't for Bernie, we'd be 600. There probably wouldn't be any checks. Bernie pushing those dams. Come on, dams. You can do it. Could have scared. Come on, dams. Love Bernie Sanders. Voted for him twice, D. Every time that Bernie Sanders name was on that ballot, I I voted for him. (laughs) So did you. Dennis loves Bernie, man. Got a little upset with Bernie at this. Yeah, you know, a little, a little yeah, bit. You got come on. You got a little upset with him, yeah. but now you're back on the birdie bus. Are you? Yeah. I'm on that Madigan bus. I know that. I said. <laughs> he loves Madigan. By the way, <laughs> Dennis goes. I love Michael Joseph Madigan. Where was I? Oh yes. Bernie did all the hard work, and Trump <laughs> Trump takes the credit. Gets the credit too, at least from the mainstream media, like the Tribune. By the way, one more time. That uh, $2,000 stimulus check is not guaranteed to pass because, as I said, Mitch McConnell may not bring it to a vote or he may tie it to legislation that will guarantee its destruction. Uh, But they are going to attempt that coup on Tuesday. That's because Trump really, really, really wants the the coup, but doesn't really, really want the 2K. He doesn't really care about it that much. I think the Trib's got to run a correction on that headline. Clarification time, Tribune. It's Bernie's 2K checks that stalled in the Senate, not Trump's. Like the Trib will ever give the Bernies of the world credit for anything. So Trump gets the credit, uh, even if the ordinary people don't get the checks. (laughs) Less money for the 99% means more money for the rich guys, which is what it's all about for Republicans in Washington. And Dems in Chicago. We got a great show, ladies and gentlemen. Monroe Anderson will be here. He's all for the $2,000 stimulus check. In fact, he's on the phone right now, lobbying for it, calling Dick Durbin or somebody. Well, he better wrap it up. He's going to be on the show soon. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's ready to go. He did his Tai Chi and everything. Right, he's looking good. very relaxed good, and good. peaceful and calm and ready to talk about Trump, 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 and more Trump. But before we do that, the young man from Alton. The man that Bernie Sanders... Wait, I'm from all. ...fondly calls Dr. D. (laughs) I love Dr. D. That's like Bernie Sanders meets Barack Obama. Uh, Dr. D. (laughs) That's fun. That's fun to think about. I said, I um, pin them on a cup and I uh, (laughs) took a treat. Uh, pickable. Uh-oh. It's not COVID. Just, just laughing. Good Lord, down the good Lord. Kick it to me. Come on. Anyway, the young man from Alton, <laughs> the man that Bernie Sanders finally calls the doctor with the news. How's it going, everybody? I'm Dennis. Happy New Year's Eve. Eve. It's our final live <laughs> broadcast of 2020. And before we kick this shit year to the curb, we're going to find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. Just one more time but first we need to run through our extended holiday weekend lineup so no show tomorrow new year's eve instead you can download a never before heard interview thursday by 5 a.m with david zyron ben yes tell us about your interview with dave that's a great interview, David Zyron. We originally, came, David Zyron, if you don't know, is is a lefty sports writer. I know it sounds weird, but uh, he's had quite a success. He writes for the Nation, the lefty uh, publication, uh, and he's on ESPN a lot. And he's always the, the sports writer that uh, the media turns to for like a leftist political view of sports. So he's obsessed with sports. He loves sports. He knows sports, but he also. You know, he's not like your typical mainstream media sports guy. Oh, I really don't have opinions about anything. Uh, you know, he's got he's a leftist. He's not a, ashamed or afraid uh, to fly the lefty flag. And it was a great, it was a blast talking to him because, you know, we have a lot in common. Love for sports, <laughs> love for lefties. Uh, and then just want to say one thing about Dave Zyron and Dave. I hope you're listening. Dave Zyron lives in the Washington uh, area. He lives somewhere. I don't know where he lives. He lives outside of Washington. 
And as a result, he's a fan of a certain basketball team in Washington called the Wizards. And last night, my beloved Bulls played the Wizards. And guess what, D? My Bulls won. <laughs> Zyron. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but you remember at the end of the interview, we got into a little Wizards Bulls talk. He goes, Ben, I'm sorry, but um, this will not be a good year for your Bulls. My Wizards, on the other hand, are looking mighty good. Didn't look mighty good last night, Mr. Siren. So what happened? Like the Wizards like run out of players or like they try throwing the mascot in or something? What happened? What happened? There? Was it a- hate does not sit well on you, young Dennis. <laughs> does Dennis is hating on the Bulls so much this year, ladies. If you heard that interview, the pre-season uh, interview we did with Miles Porter and Benji the Bookie and young Dennis – Dennis played the role of the hater. Well, no, because you prefaced the question with me as the hater. Now, uh, let me tell you, Miles, Dennis is a hater. So, Dennis, how do you feel? Like, oh, okay. Something's leaning into it. That's my 2021 resolution. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the Bulls were victorious, uh, uh, despite the fact that the full squad was there for the uh, Wizards, including uh, uh, Brad, uh, Beal, great shooter, had 29 points, Bradley Beal. Uh, and uh, Russell Westbrook, he had a triple-double, so yeah. Anyway, plenty of politics and uh, sports talk with Dave Zirin dropping tomorrow. So that's Thursday, yes, available by 5 a.m. On to Friday. The 10 Gates of Illinois Hell. Holy crap, it's the top five stories in Chicago and or Illinois in our 10 Gates of Illinois Hell countdown series continues. We last left at number six. Number six, six, six. Oh, my God. You can download the first half of our countdown now. It's on YouTube as well. And tonight we will be streaming our top five gates. What will be number one? Popcorn Gate? Madigan Gate? You're going to have to listen to find out. We will be streaming uh, around six this evening. Be on the lookout. And don't worry, it will be available for download at chicagoreader.com or wherever else you download podcasts by 5 a.m. On to Saturday. Hey, our host, Ben Jarofsky, loves movies. And our bonus interview with Albert Berger will prove it. Ben, tell people about your interview with yeah, Albert. Albert Berger, uh, an outstanding producer, comes from Chicago. Uh, and it's our second producer. We had Bill Horberg on. He, he was the one who produced um, uh, The Queen's Gambit. And Albert Berger was uh, friends with Bill back in the day. They went to school together. They ran a business together. And now he's uh, quite a successful producer in his own right. And uh, we still we really did a – we took the deep dive on uh, movies in the age of the pandemic, uh, where he thinks the industry's going. Uh, he's the guy – His one of his most successful recent movies is one uh, – Dennis and I have been praising uh, Peanut Butter Falcon. You saw that, didn't you, D? Or yeah. did I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. It was awesome. Yeah, it's a great movie. And so we talk about that. We talk about making movies, uh, his favorite movies of the year, uh, what recommendations he has. It was a blast. It's so, it very similar because Zyron and I re, like really enjoyed talking sports uh, and politics. And uh, uh, Albert and I took the deep dive into sports and movies. So I'm covering all my obsessions uh, in these interviews. It's a lot of fun for me. All right. Uh, pop quiz. Peanut Butter Falcon pop quiz. The movie featured wrestling quite a bit. Name one of the pro wrestlers uh, featured in the movie Peanut Butter Falcon. Ben, go. Uh, Hulk Hogan. Okay. He was not in that movie. <laughs> What was the guy's name? I can see his face. We had Jake the Snake Roberts. He was in it. Uh, Mick Foley. He was in it as well. God, you really know your wrestling. I mean, folks, Dennis knows his wrestling. I, I don't remember the names of the wrestlers. I just remember that scene where the wrestler got serious. Remember, you know what? I shouldn't give the movie away. Yeah, it's an excellent place, ladies and gentlemen. Please if you haven't seen it, it's uh, I'm sure you could. That's. I think it's on Netflix, actually, uh, right now. It's just a great flick. It, um very moving, and that's all I'll say about it. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, I know uh, a bit about wrestling, but I'm no Kyle Young 19. Or wait, that's Dragon Slayer. I'm no Kyle Young on the live stream chat. We'll edit that out. Kyle knows wrestling quite a bit. He talks about a lot of Japanese wrestling on the live stream chat. Wow. Yeah, he beat me. I, I really haven't followed wrestling since uh, 1972. 
There was the WFLD Channel 32, which I'm, a few old timers remember that one. There was a guy named Marty who was the host. Hi, Marty here. He was about five <laughs> foot three, and the wrestlers would tower over him. Hey, Marty! They loved like yelling at Marty. Marty would just stand there with the mic. Love Marty. So, right. yeah, I used to watch a lot of wrestling in 1972. So, once again, it's Albert Berger. He's going to be with uh, Ben. Our bonus interview on Saturday, available by 5 a.m. On to Sunday, we're playing a best of activist and former NBA player Craig Hodges talks the last dance. Ben, you said you enjoyed this interview quite a bit. Yeah, it, I hate to say my favorite interview of the year because um, that would be like, you know, mistreating my, some of my other guests. I love all my interviews, but this one was definitely up there. I enjoy talking with Craig Hodges. Uh, and again, this, this had to do, we did a whole series about the last dance. Good God. Pandemic memories. Uh, that was the five part series. No, was it five parts or 10 parts? I can't remember. 10 part series on, uh, uh, it was on Netflix about, um, Michael Jeffrey Jordan or ESPN. I should say Michael Jeffrey Jordan and the Chicago bulls of the nineties. And, uh, so married all my obsessions and interests and Craig Hodges, who was on that Bulls team the first two years and then got kicked off the team largely because he was too political, got blacklisted from the NBA largely because he was too political. Uh, he was uh, Colin Kaepernick way ahead of his time. And I did not hear one person of the MAGA persuasion coming to uh, Craig Hodges' defense. All this talk that MAGA has about their uh, constitutionally protected rights to free expression Whenever they want to like beat up somebody or make fun of uh, people who are overweight or make fun of black people uh, or women, you know, what, when they want to be racist or bigots, well, we have a First Amendment protected right to be that way. But when someone like Craig Hodges takes a stand, you know, on behalf of black people in America, MAG is nowhere to be found. And they blacklisted him. The NBA blacklisted him. Uh, he wasn't re-signed with the Bulls. No team would give him a tryout. They would. They tried to keep him from uh, competing for his the three-point shooting title. It's a very ugly chapter in the history of the NBA uh, and my beloved Chicago Bulls. But uh, Craig Hodges has prevailed, and um, he came on the show to talk about uh, his playing days with the Bulls, talk about politics. We got into a couple of... Uh, Mild art, just debates. Uh, what do you uh, call them? Arguments. You know, Craig Hodges and I, we don't see 100% eye to eye on politics, but uh, he's a good guy and I really enjoyed talking to him. It's one of my favorite interviews of the year. So I said, D, let's bring that one back. Folks may have missed it the first time around. Uh, if you've heard that already, well, check out our extensive archive over 800 episodes. All right. And finally, on Monday, it's the WrestleMania of Ramana Rundowns. <laughs> Ramana Mania! Yeah. <laughs> it's the yuck year that was 2020 with Sun-Times editor Ramana Hussain. Yeah, she's fired up. I talked to Ramana. Uh, we haven't done that interview yet. We have a, a list of topics reviewing the year. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with this one. She's ready to throw me under the bus. She's ready to throw her husband under the bus. Make dumpy. Well, I hope she, she throws me Dennis under the bus. In. Yeah, I hope she includes she's gonna me. She's going to throw Dennis, the doctor, under. She's got a lot of things on her mind. Uh, she hasn't been on the show in a while because uh, we haven't had a uh, a Friday show. <clears throat> we didn't have one last week. And then uh, there was a meeting or something the week before. Anyway, so she's eager to come on. And looking forward to it. So it'll be a blast. We'll be reviewing the year uh, 2021 in terms of news stories and, uh, you know, uh, movies, features, and just culture in general. Uh, it's always fun talking to Romana, one of my uh, favorite guests on the Ben Jarofsky show. And, you know, I did recommend that one day that she watch Alex Jones. So, hey, hopefully she will throw me under the bus. You know what I mean? <laughs> Alex Jones has lost his mind. I know it's I know yeah, it's not you saying, Ben, when did he ever have a mind? But that that last one where he's given the speech. Oh, did you see that about Trump and the election? And, no, no, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, God. Alex, you've really lost your mind. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the documents. I like that Ramona rundown. That's good. There's fluoride in the water. And damn you, China. What about the neighbor's ass? Oh, uh, I'm going to eat my neighbor's ass. 
Yeah. <laughs> Alex Jones, man. Yeah. Maybe Ramana has, uh, I don't know if she got around to watching uh, Alex Jones latest, but uh, I've been watching him in a while, Dave. I was just getting tired of him. I get tired of him. But every now and then I go back. Ah, let's see what Alex Jones is doing. Maybe he's a liberal now. Nope. Hasn't, hasn't happened. Still hasn't become a liberal. Give it time. Give it time. It may happen. It could very well happen. You never know. Uh, Yeah. Oh, and also, yes, uh, Jay Marie on the live stream chat. She says, yeah, Romana always throws her husband under the bus. Beep, beep. (laughs) Yeah, beep, beep, indeed. Happy New Year. It's this holiday weekend's holiday lineup available for download at chicagoreader.com and wherever else you download podcast. Okay, local news. Let's go, baby. We got to get down to business. You know, actually, I should probably take the excitement down a few notches because just like Tuesday, (laughs) there is not a lot happening in the local news this afternoon. In fact, I think today may be worse. I have no new public events listed for our Illinois governor, J.B. Pritzker. Best concert? Yeah, Steve Miller Band and the Eagles. No public events listed (laughs) for our Chicago mayor, Lori Lightfoot. And no, not even any new hot statewide audio like yesterday's big update on odometers. This is uh, an effort by the federal (laughs) government to help combat odometer fraud, particularly since the nation's fleet of vehicles are aging. The average age of a vehicle in the United States is now almost 12 years, which is up from seven and a half years when the odometer rules were last changed in 1988. (laughs) Hold on, let me do the math. It went from seven years to 12 years. Wow, that's quite a jump. So, yeah, not much going on, guys. Wait. Ben, hold on a second. Yeah. Okay. We may have some news here. We got the newsroom flagging me down. All right. Cool. Sweet. All right. Uh, I'm going to run over to the newsroom real quick. Hang tight, everyone. I'm going to run over there. Hopefully, they got something good for me. Here we go. Let's go to the newsroom. Hey, give me the story. Come on. We're live. Happy New Year. Get out of my Give me the thing. Uh, Sounds like a party in the newsroom. Oh, yeah. Sounds like it. It's not. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, yeah, we got an update from the newsroom here, guys. Oh, yeah. okay. There's oh, and, oh and Ben, you sent me an email about it. Don't worry. I got the newsroom a present, all right? <laughs> <laughs> And trust me, they can't wait to sit down and enjoy that $20 Red Lobster gift card as soon as indoor dining opens back up, all right? I'm always looking out for the newsroom. All right, this is a good story. All right, so last year at this time, our Illinois governor was enjoying the fruits of his labor as over 100 new laws were set to go into effect in the year 2020. But, you know, with all hell breaking loose and this damn dirty coronavirus keeping our elected leaders from meeting, heading into 21, we have literally three new laws that will be going into effect. And thanks to Capital News Illinois, oh, and of course, our fake newsroom, here are three new laws going into effect in 2021. Brought to you by Red Lobster. And heads up, none of these are as exciting as legal marijuana and gambling, all right? Just to say that in the beginning. All right, so our first new law going into 2021 is Senate Bill 667, Insulin Costs Cap. Senate Bill 667 amends the Illinois Insurance Code to cap out out out-of-pocket insulin costs at $100 per month for all parents using a state-regulated insurance plan, regardless of the amount of insulin or type of covered prescription insulin drugs used to fill the insured patient's prescription. Senator Andy Menar... 618er, downstate, Bunker Hill. He was chief sponsor of the Senate bill, and he said in a statement that the legislation shows Illinoisans don't have to accept costly prescriptions as the status quo. Here's the quote from NAR. Quote, we can change the fact that prescription medication costs more in the United States than any place in the world. This legislation passed because people spoke up and told their story. This historic legislation doesn't become law without them and their effort. I mean, it's hard to object to a measure like this. So, okay. Good job, Andy. Good job, House. Good job, Senate. J.B. Pritzker. But, you know, Dave, I just always, I used to think about this with kid care. Uh, I think it was uh, Blago. It passed under Blago. Kid care. We're going to take care of, make sure that kids have insurance. Well, what about their parents? Like, 
How, why do you insure the kid, but not the parent? I've never understood that. You know, I, I, and it's the same thing with this. Okay. They recognize uh, that insulin costs are prohibited. So what about the rest of medicine? Like, why do we have this, such a twisted attitude about healthcare in this country? And, and it just seems like an ancient echo of a debate that was going on in 2019. We talked so much about it because it was so prominent in the democratic, uh, the rhetoric and the discussion and the debate in the democratic uh, primary. If you recall that summer, the great glorious summer of 2019 before the pandemic, when there were debates and like 20 different Democrats on stage. And I would say half of them were for Medicare for all. And the other half were cautioning that Medicare for all would mean the loss of Wisconsin. We could not win Minnesota. We'd lose swing states. Remember that? That just that debate. So here we are. Here we are in 2020, and we pass a bill to help people who, uh, with prohibitive costs for insulin, but nobody, no other medicine. But, so, I, you know, I don't want to be like a, a downer, a hater. You know, good, for, good that this passed, but yeah, I just don't get it. I, it was, and I had the same attitude about kids care. You know, why, why just ensure the, what about the parents? Well, it's really important that kids have insurance. Yeah, but what if a kid, like the parent gets sick and dies? Is that help the kid? Yeah. The logic. I never, I don't know, D, sometimes I'm not made for this world. The logic of voters and the people they elect, it eludes me. I remember the debate in 2019. Ben, people don't want to give up their, their great private insurance. Oh, my God. So uh, thank you, state reps and state senators, for helping with this one drug. Now, how about the rest of the drugs? Just throw it out out there as a guy who spends a lot of money on drugs. Oh, wait, that thing. Wait, out, right? what? Yeah. Oh, we can edit that out in the uh, editing process of the show. <laughs> yeah, I'll take care of that. Yeah. All right, so that was number one, Senate Bill 667. That is going into law. Uh, in 2021 on to the next bill set to go into law next year house bill 2708 use of dna in missing person cases house bill 2708 amends the missing persons identification act to allow law enforcement agencies to obtain a dna sample of a missing person or a dna reference sample from family members dna once a missing person report is made the law also provides that law enforcement cannot retain dna samples from family members or the missing person after the person has been located senator tony munoz democrat out of chicago who was one of the bill sponsors said in a new release that using the national system will hopefully help law enforcement find missing people sooner. Here's the quote, quote, successfully finding a missing person requires law enforcement to move fast. And we want to make sure that we have every tool available to do their job. So I'm not getting this bill. I mean, but they couldn't use DNA before this something missing in the translation here. I understand that uh, there's libertarians. I'm one. I have the streak of libertarianism that uh, the notion of a um, all our DNA being codified and put into some database controlled by the government is a little frightful. That's why I never understood like people who willingly send their DNA and you know the swabs they send in so they could check and see what their ancestry is. I never understood that. Like. Why do you trust these people? And what makes you think that this is accurate? <laughs> you just swap it and you send it in and they send you back a piece of paper. Oh, you're 30% Finnish and 20% French with a little Chinese in there. Like, what? How, how do you know? There's just some guy at a computer in Washington. Uh, I haven't had a Finnish sample. I'll throw a little Finnish in there. Like you believe these things, <laughs> like and then it's like I, I got a deal, Ben. It was only seventy five dollars. Well, I wasn't expecting your ancestry dot com riff. I didn't know you uh, had beef there. I just don't get it. Never understood it. You know, Ben. We're just we're curious. We really are curious about our past. Okay, you're really curious about our past, but you're so clueless when it comes to electing the same kinds of politicians year after year. But you're really curious about your past. Well, 
the ancient past, not the recent past. Can't even get a $2,000 stimulus check out of Washington because those Republicans you keep electing won't vote for it. I don't know, D. Uh-oh, here comes a, a surge of shame the voter. Who, I, I shouldn't even say this. There was an article in the New York Times about poor people in Kentucky uh, who are really hurting during the pandemic. And they need, their government needs assistance but their government's not getting assistance because the two Republican senators out of Kentucky are fighting tooth and nail to prevent any kind of stimulus assistance going to governments. That would be Mitch McConnell and Rand Paul. They have a, just this fundamental opposition. They create all this libertarian gobbledygook to try to justify the fact they just want to give more money to rich people and less money to everybody else, and they want to starve government. And so these these towns are like going bankrupt. People are really hurting. And guess who they voted for in the last election? Mitch McConnell. Please explain. But no, they, they can't remember the history from two weeks ago, but they want to know the history from like 300 years ago. So I don't know. D, I'm not shaming voters. I'm going to go into the new year. I'm not going to shame voters. That's it. I'm not shaming voters. Illinois, you want to elect Rod Blagojevich as your next governor? Go ahead. Knock yourself out. God bless you. I hope I hope Trump pardons him so he can run. I'm going to watch MAGA line up and vote for him. But, uh, yeah, the DNA thing, I don't get it, D. Just don't get it. Jay Marie on the live stream chat. Yes, Ben is taking cynicism into the new year. That is correct. <laughs> That's not me, Jay Marie. I didn't live in Kentucky and vote for Mitch McConnell. I didn't live in Kentucky and vote for Rand Paul. <laughs> don't blame me. I'm not a Northwest Sider. Voted against the fair tax. A pensioner on the Northwest side. Just imagine this. I still say the coveted Ben Jarofsky Show Award to the dumbest voter in the state of Illinois are all the pensioners on the northwest and the southwest side who believed the Phyllis ad and voted against the fair tax, thus jeopardizing their income as they head off into the golden years. Heck of a job, voters. We got an email. Hold on a second. And we lost our deal with Ancestry.com. Way to go, Ben. <laughs> No, they were going to be a sponsor of the yeah, show. Man, we had it all lined up. We had the commercials. I know. Gee, I know. I, people don't realize this. Uh, part of his responsibilities as producer uh, is he's our ad salesman. Dennis goes around. Hello. Hi, I'm Dr. D from the Ben Jarofsky Show. Would you like to buy some? Yeah. <laughs> some commercial yeah. time. Yeah. And the, the Ancestry.com account is kaputs. It's done. Yeah. And he was working on it for the entire month of November, folks. Oh, I was being he kind. Was so that month. I was Halloween, man. Okay. Oh, well, sorry about that, D. All right. Well, we did uh, the second bill there uh, that's going to be going into law into 2021 House Bill 2708, use of DNA and missing person cases. Ben apparently had a problem with it. But uh, on to our third one here, House Bill 2818, keeping victims' addresses confidential. House Bill 2818 amends the Address Confidentiality for Victims of Domestic Violence Act by including survivors of sexual assault and stalking in the Illinois Address Confidentiality Program, ACP, which offers survivors protection from their abusers by allowing them to acquire and use a substitute address instead of their real address. In a written statement, Illinois Attorney General Kwame Raoul said ACP is an important added layer of protection and peace of mind for survivors of domestic violence, sexual assaults, and stalking. Kwame Raoul said, quote, I am committed to ensuring that survivors have access to the resources and support needed to aid their recoveries and I encourage survivors to participate in this program that can help protect them from the individuals uh, who had crimes against them. Well, this would fall in the category of bills that I call, duh. How come they needed this done? Why wasn't this done years ago? Oh, <laughs> more cynicism. I don't know. I mean, how can you be against this bill? To protect the identity of people who are a victim of uh, domestic violence, absolutely. 
you know, it's so funny. If you're like some sleazy developer or landlord, there's all kinds of protections to keep your identity withheld. <laughs> you know, so people don't know who's like responsible for this crummy building that they're living in or something. But when it comes to a victim of uh, domestic violence, they had to pass a law in the year 2020 to protect their uh, their whereabouts. So here, here, I'm with this for the good, good for you, whoever sponsored this bill. And better late than never, right, D? Absolutely. House Bill 2818, Keeping Victims Addresses Confidential. Uh those are the three bills going into law in 2021. And also keep Whoa. in mind, the minimum wage in Illinois will rise from $10 per hour to $11 per hour starting January 1st. All right. Well, that's good news, uh, though it's still too low. But let me just say this. <laughs> uh, part of the reason I know you're like, come on, Ben, can't you say something nice? Say something nice. Mr. Sunshine, Ben Jarofsky. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. How much? 11 what, D? $11 an hour. Oh, whoa, whoa. Hey, whoa. How much more are you going to give Amazon? <laughs> Two point something billion? Oh, but don't worry, poor guy. You're getting $11. I know. I'm supposed to be sunshine. <laughs> I'm so happy today. <laughs> oh, man. How much did uh, uh, Sterling Bay get? For Lincoln Yards, $1.3 with a B. But poor guy, you're getting $11.18? Or is it $0.48, cents, DM? Sorry. So uh, I know I'm supposed to be happy. Hey, did they pass the $2,000? No, not yet. Still stuck in the Senate. Uh, by the way, I just was uh, going to say, uh, Dennis, that um, one of the reasons why more bills weren't passed is, of course, uh, because of the... Um, the pandemic and our legislature hasn't been meeting and the so-called Pat Whalen bill. That was one of the measures that did not pass this year. And it's so named for our ACE correspondent uh, and superstar actor who is uh, the star of the FanDuel commercial. What? Who? What? Um, I blew the line again, D. <laughs> Pat's going to give me a hard time. But as Pat pointed out correctly, I was wrong. He was right. Uh, there is a law that prohibits uh, this, the legislature from meeting virtually. Uh, and so they had a measure. They attempted to pass a, uh, a bill that would enable them to meet on computers run their little Zoom calls. Everybody loves Zoom so much. And it failed. <laughs> what a state. So it failed. So there's been very few meetings, D. Uh, so hence, very few bills. You know, so I think the powers would be like it, like it that way. Every everything bottles up, so you got to come back to them, even more desperate the next year. That helps explain uh, why more legislation wasn't passed. Yeah, really. Okay, Ben, we have another story from the newsroom. Oh my God! Another on one. Oh my God! They are on a roll. Let me run in there real quick. Hang tight, listeners. I'm gonna go to the newsroom. Let's see what they got. Hey, yeah, Ben ruined the Ancestry.com account. I know. I need that gift card back. Thank you. <laughs> Made a big plan. Take the Red Lobster card back. I'm thinking about it because you ruined the Ancestry.com thing we had planned for 2021. I don't know. We got to come up with a workaround here. Another great story. Two for two, newsroom. Great job. <laughs> if you're still not convinced, maybe this will settle it once and for all. Right before 2020 comes to a close, even more proof that the state of Illinois really likes getting high. The following, com oh, yeah. the following comes from, surprisingly, not Chicago Sun-Times reefer writer, Tommy Three, Two Joints, One. Happy New Year, Shuba. This comes from the Chicago Tribune and Robert Chanick. Despite the massive economic disruption wrought by the pandemic, 80 recreational cannabis dispensaries have opened in Illinois, and business is on pace to top $1 billion, that's billion with a B, in the year 2020, including medical marijuana sales. The industry could get a lot bigger in 2021 with more municipalities welcoming weed retailers and three or 30 dispensaries yet to open under the state's inaugural legislation. A planned lottery to award 75 new recreational license is also likely to move forward after the state agreed to give hundreds of unsuccessful 
successful applicants a second chance to qualify. And right there is when you could tell that Tom Shuba didn't write that because he would go <laughs> yeah. on a riff. Uh, ben, your thoughts? Well, first of all, uh, Tom Shuba. Hey, you're, you're on vacation? I don't recall debtors or me seeing, you know, a request for vacation. Come on, Tommy. Get back to work. Tom Shuba, the hardest working man in journalism these days. Uh, reefer, man. Now, I know, Dennis, you accuse me of being cynical. Yeah. Uh, but what's more cynical? Just more cynical than our attitude toward reefer. I mean, like what? Just a couple of years ago, it was against the law. They would arrest people. <laughs> you can lose your car. You know, the parade of defendants going through courthouses in Chicago. Almost all of them black men, I might point out, was unending. And now it's legal. The, the people who work, this is this is cracks me up. The people who work in the uh, the reefer dispensaries are considered essential workers. <laughs> Suddenly, it's just so essential. It was illegal just a few years ago. Remember Governor Rauner? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> the radio station downstate. <laughs> oh, the dirty dopers. You know, and this is a fun, uh, a bizarre story. That just popped last week. I think Tommy Shuby, before he went on vacation, did an interview with uh, Kim Fox, an exclusive interview. And where she said that in the next year, she's going to do what she can to expunge the records of people who are dealers. And there, everybody's like, well, uh, you know, not big dealers. They wanted to assure the public, not big dealers. Wait, why are we still kicking around a quote unquote big dealer when it's a billion dollar industry right now? All these rich guys are controlling it. Oh, wait, could it be because the dealers are black guys on the West and South sides as opposed to really rich white guys? Is that what's going on? And you guys accuse me of being cynical? In the state of Illinois, we went from locking up black people for possession of reefer to giving billions of dollars, that's billions with a B, to white people to sell it. And I'm the cynical one? Uh-oh, the cops are coming to get me, D. I hear the siren. <laughs> oh, I don't know. The reefer stories are just, you know, I was hoping. This People say I'm cynical. This I'm really naive. You know, when they want to pass uh, laws to legalize marijuana, I'm like, ah. Oh. So there's going to be some kind of reparations for all the black people who were unfairly treated during the war on drugs. And there's going to be reparations for all the communities and families that were devastated by the war on drugs because we're now acknowledging what a failure it was and how destructive it was and how wrong we were to wage it. I thought, oh, you know, old naive <laughs> Ben. And guess what happened, D? It was even worse than I thought. They just gave all the money to rich white guys. No reparations for black people. Kim Fox says she's going to do what she can to expunge records. And law enforcement people are saying, well, I'm very concerned about this. <laughs> Why? What do you care? What do you care if some big-time dealer gets his record expunged? Right now, the big-time dealers are guys like John Boehner. Remember him? Former Speaker of the House, Republican from, what would it be, Ohio? He's part of a company that sells reefer. He fought like hell. I never saw him uh, lift a finger to legalize it. It's still illegal on the federal level. Billion with a B. Man, it's just going to go up because people love getting high because the world can be a miserable place. Uh-oh. More cloudy skies than I should be <laughs> Oh, folks, you don't need reefer because it's a beautiful world out there. Just go out with a smile on your face. You don't know. You don't need reefer. You don't need alcohol. Just be happy. I'm happy right now. <laughs> so, yeah, D, it's a billion now. I'll bet you it's two billion with a T. The, the T for the two. Uh, <laughs> next year, people love it, man. Can't get enough of it. But how long? How long before before a drop trickles down to the west and the south side communities that were hit the hardest by it? That'll be a longer wait, D. That'll be a longer wait. Mm -hmm. 
Jay Marie said $1 billion and not $1 going to any black-owned shops, but plenty of black folk getting penalized for it. Yeah. Well put, Jay Marie. <laughs> Couldn't agree with you more. It's the way of the world. One of the great songs of the 1970s. Perhaps the greatest song of 1974. That's the way of the world. Anyway. Please don't sing it. Illinois generated nearly $106 million in combined recreational and medical marijuana sales in November, topping $913 million with one month to go in its first year of adult-use cannabis sales. Uh, The three largest Illinois marijuana companies, Cresco, Green Thumb, and Verano Holdings, have a stake in the business from seed to sale and are all gearing up for explosive growth in 2021. Yeah. Some things never change. <laughs> I'm not going to be cynical about it, though, T. Uh, I'm going to be sunshiny and happy. <laughs> I'm just so happy that people on the north side can go buy reefer at a dispensary because that's what it's all about. Sunshine, happiness. <laughs> that's me, the sunshine guy. <laughs> all right. I think we can all agree. Happy Ben is a little weird. <laughs> all right. I'll go back to the usual. I was, guys, one more time. I was the naive one. I said, well, when the war ends, the war and drug ends, you watch. They're going to take care of the South Side and the West Side. You watch. <laughs> uh, anyway, All right. it didn't and, really happen that way. And finally, on to the news in the city of Chicago. Yes, that's Billion with a B. Ah, there she is. Chicago hey. Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Good afternoon, everyone. Oh, good afternoon, Madam Mayor. When I was a kid, I loved the Batman TV show. Man, no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> right, we have this has nothing to do with mayor life but well i guess it does uh, i guess it does I, i'm sure ben you'll you'll find a way to twist her in there the following comes from the chicago sun times mitchell armentrout and elvia malagon oh i bet i butchered that one you're new to the sun times i'm sorry get ready for that to happen a lot in 2021 the headline reads nearly a third of first chicago public schools staffers scheduled to return to schools asked to work from home or take leave, but most rejected. Most of the Chicago public schools, teachers and staffers who are scheduled to return to classrooms next week for the first time in nine months have agreed to do so. But almost a third of them requested to work from home or take a leave of absence. The district ended up rejecting most of those uh, most of those requests, according to CPS data released Tuesday on the 7002 pre-kindergarten and special education cluster program employees who were told to return to work January 4th following the unprecedented coronavirus pandemic closure. Two-thirds of those employees, 4,684 of them, didn't ask for leave or accommodations. Another 2,010 employees applied to stay home or take leave. The district granted 861 of those requests and rejected 1,149 others, or about 16% of all returning workers. An additional 308 requests are pending, according to CPS, and the 7,002 pre-K and cluster employees make up the first wave of returning CPS workers, followed by K-8 through teachers January 25th, Hybrid in-person learning for K through eight students is scheduled to resume on February 1st. Yeah, February 1st. We talked about this at length with Stacey Davis Gates yesterday, and uh, I know uh, I urge everybody to check it out. I thought it was a really good interview. Uh, Stacey had a lot of uh, very thoughtful uh, and provocative things to say about it. Probably not as provocative as me. Where do I start with this? First of all, uh, there was a line, and I'm doing this from memory. Most uh, employees agreed, most teachers agreed to go back to work, I believe is uh, what the article said. Let's just have a slight clarification. It's not like they had a choice in the matter. It's not like Mayor Lori Lightfoot and CEO Janice Jackson said, "Um, uh, teachers, you know, if you want to come back, come back. If you don't want to come back, don't come back. Work from home. It's like, you go back. Or we fire you. That's it. You get in that classroom and we'll take your car. So it wasn't like, oh, I guess I'll come back after all. And I'll, look, this interesting thing that's going on, and I quite haven't figured it out. This obsession to reopen the schools in the city of Chicago. 
And uh, I've, I've dealt with this many levels. You know, the professed reason is because the people that run this city care so much about the poor children of Chicago who fall further and further behind uh, the less classroom time they have, further and further behind their wealthier peers. So that's why they're telling the teachers, uh, you must overcome your fears about going into a room uh, where there's potential of catching COVID because it's really important for poor kids to keep pace with rich kids. Now, I always ask this question. Why do the powers that be in the city of Chicago care so much about poor kids when it comes to giving the shaft to teachers? Please explain that to me. How about, how were the powers that be? The editorial writers and the civic leaders, the corporate leaders, when the teachers said, uh, we're willing to go on strike and sacrifice paydays in order to hire more nurses. I think the attitude was shut up and go back to the classroom. I, I said it once, I'll say it a million times. Powers that be, city of Chicago, state of Illinois, United States of America, if you care so much about the poor kids in the poor schools in the cities like Chicago, you got plenty of time to do something about it. Pandemic's not going to be here. You can do something about it after the pandemic passes. You can spend more money in schools and poor neighborhoods. You can hire more teachers in schools and poor neighborhoods, more enrichment teachers, more art teachers, more drama teachers. You can have after school and preschool. You can have tutors. You can do everything you can to make sure that poor kids can have a chance to close that gap against their wealthier peers. But it's funny. You never want to do anything unless it's to stick it to some teacher. It's like, I'm starting to think. Don't accuse me of being cynical here, D, but I'm just starting to think that it's not the poor kids that the powers of be are concerned about. It's those teachers unions. They want to stick it to the teachers unions. Man, the rich and the powerful in the city of Chicago have been looking to get back at the Chicago teachers unions in 2012 when Karen Jennings Lewis led the teacher strike and Rahm was forced, oh God, did he hate doing this, to make a few concessions and give teachers a little more money. Killed them to do it. They meant taking money out of that TIF program and giving it to teachers. And they, the powers of be, it just, it's been burning at them ever since. And they were looking to win that fight, crush that union, just the way Scott Walker crushed the municipal unions in the state of Wisconsin. A lot of good that did you, Dems. Dems are like, wow, so many Dems always go, Ben, you're, I don't understand your love for the teachers' union so much. I'm really curious about it. You know, what really matters is the education of the children. Oh, like mistreating teachers is somehow or other going to benefit a kid in a classroom. I'll tell you about the political ramifications of it, though. You destroy the Chicago Teachers Union, destroy teachers unions, destroy municipal unions, public work, employees unions. Guess what? Republicans take control. Guess what happens when Republicans take control? Laws against abortion rights. Oh, well, I'm, I'm for abortion rights. Oh, you're for abortion rights, but you're against the unions that would help you elect officials that would pass pro-choice laws or pro-environmental laws. So I, I just can never understand the attitude that Dems have about teachers' unions. They bought into it. They bought into the rhetoric of the ROMs. I hate to say it. It's going to get me in trouble, D. I hate to say it, but a certain Barack Obama was not a big lover of uh, teachers' unions. You know, when uh, Scott Walker waged war on the unions of Wisconsin, Barack Obama was nowhere to be found standing up. Can you imagine? I'll say this about Trump. If the Dems went after MAGA, I can't even imagine them doing it. The way Walker went after the unions, Trump would not just sit back and let it happen. You know, I'd be tweeting like crazy. They have rallies in Wisconsin. You know, my, my beloved Dems, man. They want to stand up for the teachers. You're always mad at the teachers. You know? So, yeah, this whole thing, dude, they want them to go back. Trust us. Our experts say, you know, all these experts, they drag out all these scientists. The scientists say. Man, these scientists have never been to Chicago public schools. 
You don't know what it's like to deal with the bureaucracy of Chicago public schools. They tell you what, oh, scientists thoughts. In a perfect world, the kid will be safe. Oh, scientists, you ever been to a Chicago public school? Not so perfect. Oh, well, well, mass, we'll have tests. Yeah, right. I got a, a friend I wrote about. She's pregnant. She's still waiting for the public schools to give her an exemption from going back to the classroom. She can't get a response. I mean, obviously, she, she should get one because she's what you would consider an at-risk employee, but she still hasn't got it. So as far as she knows, she's still supposed to go in the classroom. That bureaucracy cannot process her request. And teachers are supposed to trust public schools. Hey, scientists, you may know about how a, a virus works in a laboratory under your microscope, but you don't know Jack about the Chicago public schools. Yeah, you never met this lady either. I won't just turn the car around. <laughs> I'm going to shut it off. I'm going to kick you out, and I'm going to make you walk home. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, scientists. Well, they good. That was mean. <laughs> Dr. Fauci's like, whoa, even Trump doesn't talk to me that way. Sorry for the impression, scientists. Please keep listening. So anyway, I urge everybody to check out Stacey Davis Gates. In many ways, she's more moderate than I am. I'd be like the old radical guy at the uh, union meetings. I'd be up there, yeah, I remember the wobblies. And Stacey Davis Gates would be like, okay, Ben, calm down. Take your, your meds. It'll be okay in the morning. And it would create an interview with Stacey Davis Gates, SDG, as yeah. we call her. She's a pro. Check it out, everybody. It's available for download, Chicago Reader website, chicagoreader.com, and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. One of the most popular guests we have on the Ben Jarofsky Show, Stacey Davis Gates. So, uh, Yeah. That's it. That's the local news, guys. Uh, remember uh, our lineup. We're going to be gone tomorrow and Friday, but you can download new content at the Chicago Reader website and, yeah, wherever else you download podcasts. Uh, and we will be back with a new live show on Tuesday. You can find us on social media at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can always send us an email, Show at gmail.com. And you can call us. Yes, we have a phone number, and we're going to keep that phone number in the year 2021. Call us up, 708-658-4788. The number again, 708-658-4788. That is correct. Oh, Darren uh, I just Bailey. want to tell you, I'm way ahead of the game, D. Really? I've already booked most of next week. I'm a, I was a booking machine last night. Uh, you know me, after a show, lay down in my bed, get on that phone. Come on, let's go. Come back to this show. And I just want to say, uh, I'm really looking forward to this. My, Dave Gloatz will be in the studio. Uh, studio. We'll be on the show on Tuesday. And uh, you know we were going to have a blast taking <laughs> looking at uh, the city council's last meeting. Dave Gloatz does such a great job collecting. Uh, they, they used to call them actualities, D, back in the old radio days. Oh, let's, let's start doing that again. <laughs> let's go to actualities. Yeah. And then he does those great moments. Oh, did his play, Lori? Uh, and then we riff. It's so no much fun. No for you to take notes on that one, by the way. He does a great job of setting those clips up. No, he does. He makes me look really bad. And as everybody uh, and knows, uh, Ben set up for uh, me to play the clips. Uh, D, play that thing. Yeah, and Leonard Goodman, LG, will be back. Uh, radical lawyer. He may even be more of a lefty than I am. Uh, and he'll be back uh, on Wednesday, so it'll be the day after the attempted coup. Uh, who knows? Uh, Leonard Goodman, of course, is uh, Rob Bogoyevich's lawyer and uh, had a lot to do. Uh, his hard work for Rob Bogoyevich is one of the reasons why uh, Bogoyevich is not in prison. That and Donald Trump uh, deciding, yeah, I'm going to stick it to the man, let blah go out. By the way, I applaud the release of Rob Bogoyevich. thought the, the sentence was absurd. Doesn't mean I'm going to vote for him for governor, D. <laughs> oh, no. Doesn't mean that at all. Oh, and it's official. The The segment with Dave Glowatz is called Mr. City Council. A lot of people like that on the live stream chat, so it is official. The segment is called Mr. City Council. Well, let's write that down. I should stop calling him Mr. Bike. Yeah. Mr. City Council. The man knows a lot about bicycles, D, all right? 
So, yeah, uh, be sure to check out our lineup. We're doing the top five uh, stories in Chicago and or Illinois. The 10 Gates of Illinois Hell continues on the Ben Jarofsky Show. So much going on, and we'll be back with a live show on Tuesday. We're going to take a quick break right now, and when we come back, legendary Chicago journalist Monroe Anderson. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show. We are live from my – oh, there's Monroe. Monroe, hang tight. After this song, we're going to you. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show live from my apartment in Ben's attic. Not something you ignore. I think you're 100% full of shit, is what I think. <laughs> 